Virtual Legality is a YouTube video series with audio podcast versions presented as commentary and for education and entertainment purposes only. It does not constitute legal advice and does not create an attorney-client relationship. If you have legal questions about the topics discussed, please consult your own legal counsel. Honestly, you don't want to be taking generic legal advice from a YouTube channel or podcast in any event. On with the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of Virtual Legality. I'm your host, Richard Hogue, managing partner of the Hogue Law Business Law Firm of Northville, Michigan. And today we have a pretty special episode for my channel in particular. This is actually going to be the 100th video that we upload to the Hogue Law YouTube channel, uh, which is pretty exciting. We started it last year uh, and the other videos that we've done focus on film criticism and reviews of pop culture items, as well as appearances on other podcasts and radio programs. So virtual legality is still only on number 45 with this video. Uh, but it is the 100th video on the channel, which feels pretty good. And I appreciate everyone that's listening right now or watching it on YouTube. Uh, and uh, thank you so much for checking it out. Today, we're going to talk about one of the things uh, in terms of topics that has taken over part of my social media stream. And that's the question of easy modes and accessibility uh, and whether or not uh, one of the major players of the last couple weeks uh, from software's Sekiro should have an easy mode added to it. Uh, if you're not familiar with Sekiro, it is the latest game of really the kind of Dark Souls, Demon Souls, Bloodborne lineage that has always demanded a lot of players, has a high level of challenge uh, and a lot of achievement that goes with defeating those challenges. I will be perfectly honest. I have uh, beaten only one of this series of games and uh, that was Demon Souls, uh, the original, the, the very original from this entire series. Uh, and I've gotten to various different parts of Dark Souls and Bloodborne and its kind of successors or, or spiritual successors from other studios. I've gotten a certain bit of the way in The Surge. I've gotten a certain bit of the way uh, in uh, Darksiders 3. Uh, and I enjoy the basic concept of the games uh, seemingly more than actually playing them sometimes. Uh, but Sekiro, which came out a couple weeks ago, has proven to be even more difficult for me personally than some of these other games. And the reason for that is that it really focuses and hones down what had been a role-playing game experience down to a very specific skill set of blocking and parrying and reading the opponent's moves that doesn't really allow you a lot of uh, advantage to go in different directions. You can't wind up throwing fireballs at them from far away. You really have to learn how to use your sword uh, and manipulate enemies in a very particular fashion. And I think that's one of the reasons that people are really reacting to its difficulty. And it's one of the reasons that Kotaku put out an article the other day that talks about easy modes in general and advocates for having one added to Sekiro with a very particular headline, which is what caught my eye. Uh, because as a lawyer, I never like absolutes. Uh, and the headline is as absolute as it comes. So let's take a look at that article. Kotaku's article is titled, An Easy Mode Has Never Ruined a Game. And we're going to talk about that concept a little bit because, as I said, it has popped up all over my social media feeds and discussions on Reset Era and other places that I frequent. And I think one of the reasons it has become such a hot-button topic and really caused people to become passionate about whether or not 
an easy mode should be added or should be specifically not added to Sekiro in particular, is this notion of never. People like to speak in absolutes. They like to speak in hyperbolic rhetoric on the internet because the loudest voices generally get the most attention. Uh, And that makes a lot of sense. But in real life, nuance usually carries the day. And so I looked at this headline and I said, has never ruined a game. That's an interesting position to take. Generally speaking, I love options. Like most people in the world, I like to have options in what I'm doing. I don't have any problem with difficulty options in video games whatsoever. I think 99% of all video games have difficulty options. And recently we've been seeing games uh, that really kind of even take the option concept and bifurcate it further so that you can choose a specific combat difficulty versus a specific puzzle difficulty. That was pretty prominent in the Tomb Raider games, the newest Tomb Raider games, Uh, as well as uh, I've been playing Operencia, which I adore. Check out my first impressions of that game because it's one of of my favorite games of the year. Uh, And it separates out, do you want us to help you map the dungeons? Do you want us to help with combat and saves? Do you want to have an Iron Man mode? And separating out all these concepts is a really cool thing to do to make sure that you can get uh, a version of the game that is entirely at your level of ability to play. On the other hand, one of the things that I really hate to do is have to design the game for myself. Uh, Sitting back, one of the things that I remember pretty specifically about articles that I've read on one of my favorite review sites, Quarter to Three, which is done primarily by Tom Chick, who's been in and around the business reviewing games for a long, long time, is a, a notion that I agree with, which is if you're getting paid for anything, game designers, it's to design a game that is something that I'm going to want to play and enjoy. And that's what I'm paying you for, is to make sure that you design a game that works for me. And if I have to set the difficulties myself and pull all these levers and figure out where the fun lives for you, uh, that's fundamentally a problem for what it is that I bought. That maybe goes too far. I think it's an interesting point to be raised. Uh, But it does bring up this notion of the game designers giving you the game design that they wanted to present to you, that this is the, the game they built. Uh, and usually, one of the things that I'm very appreciative of when games do offer difficulty settings is if one of the settings says something along the lines of the game as it was meant to be played. Uh, I generally want to pick the difficulty, which is sometimes normal, it's sometimes something else, that the game developers indicate is how they were balancing the thing. This is how they wanted it to be presented to the world, but they understand that some people are going to be playing it differently and they want some people to be able to experience it harder and some people to be able to experience it easier. I tend to agree that that's a good thing uh, to have out there in the world. That being said, From Software has never done that. As we look through this article, you'll note that they admit that they've never done that and they admit that they've never done that for a specific reason, a reason that is not just to be harsh, is not just a reason that is them marshalling their resources so they don't have to spend on figuring out how to balance other difficulty modes, but for a reason that at least they claim to the press and publicly is related to the philosophy of what they are building, the stories that they are telling, the game experience that they want the players to have is reflective of this very difficult gameplay. And to remove that, I think, would be to change the philosophical impetus behind what they are creating. And I think that's an interesting conversation to have. As we go through this video, I'll be honest, I'm not really settled on whether or not Sekiro in particular should have an easy mode. I'm not positive that From Software is. I think it's an interesting conversation to have. And I tend to lean on the creators should get the final say as to how they want their product to be perceived by the market, but that everyone else 
is allowed to criticize them if they so choose. They're allowed to have their say in what they present, and the public is allowed to have their say in whether or not they think it's a good thing or not. So I think the criticism is valid, but if they don't want to add an easy mode and they want to put that creation out there as is, I think that's a valid position as well. So let's take a look at this article. In video games, easy is a dirty word, even when it shouldn't be. There's something about the word easy that rubs some players as condescending, something that we should maybe leave behind, except where we shouldn't. Like in From Software Games and Sekiro Shadows Die Twice, a game that finds itself plagued by a debate that is, by now, familiar. Should it have an easy mode? Since From Software has spent the last decade crafting games that notably exclude easy modes, the notion that they might suddenly be introduced feels borderline heretical. Like pledging a fraternity, a From game becomes a little bit more than a game, when everyone who's finished it has had to endure the same litany of absurd theatrical challenges. So let's take that, let's take a step back here, because I think this article does a good job of actually presenting a fair case for why one would be against adding an easy mode to a game in particular, like a From Software game, like Bloodborne, like Dark Souls, like Demon Souls, and like Sekiro, which is this first notion that there is value in having a product out there that actually says, hey, if you beat this, that's something to be uh, proud of. The actual original version of achievements that you could say to your friends at school or otherwise, hey, I beat that game. I got past the Battletoads racing level. I got past the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle sewer level. Uh, and I beat Sekiro. And that there's value in that. And if you add difficulty levels and if you put an easy mode in that game, uh, perhaps there's less value. If you talk about the end boss or the second end boss with your buddy and they don't know what, they, what that is, there's value in saying, I achieved that. Uh, and maybe that's limiting. Maybe that's gatekeeping. Maybe that's whatever negative terminology you want to put on that. But it is something, and it's not completely uh, unfair for a company to want to have that achievement associated with its titles. And in fact, when we refer back to this headline here, an easy mode has never ruined a game, that's one of those areas where you can say to yourself, uh, perhaps it did. If that is important to you, if you think philosophically that is something that has value, that there is this role that says, hey, if there's a club that beats Sekiro, that that is something that is a good thing, that there is value to be added there. If you add that easy mode and anybody could have beaten it, that is obviously diluted. And I think the people that say an easy mode should be added say, well, that doesn't matter. That's not real value. And I can't tell them that they're wrong. But I can say that someone could disagree with them. And if you do think there's value there, then the easy mode does ruin that. Uh, and that's something to be considered when we have these conversations that from software might attach this value to their games and they might want that value to be received by the players that actually get to the end. That there is this sense of accomplishment that doesn't exist if there's an easy mode next to it. And furthermore, in terms of difficulty, I don't know about you. I can't speak for you. I can speak for me. Uh, and if I get stuck in a puzzle in an adventure game or a puzzle in a dungeon crawler or action combat in a specific game, there's always that little twinge that says, oh, just go on GameFAQs, just go on the internet, find the puzzle solved there. I've been on a level on Baba Is You for probably five days now, but I bought that game to participate in its puzzles. So even though I know there's a solution just one click away, I don't want to do it, but it's always in the back of your head. And I do think... Even if you weren't going to click on that button, if you're playing a game like Sekiro and you know there's an easy mode that's a click away, I do think there would be a twinge in the back of your head when you go through that sixth death on that boss, that 15th death on that boss, that 
okay, I should just turn it to easy mode to get past this. Even if you click it to easy mode for the boss and back to normal mode for going forward, I think there would always be that twinge in the back of your mind that you should be doing this because otherwise it's a waste of time. And I do think there is value in denying you that option. I'm not sure it's fair. I'm not sure that's where they should wind up. I'm not sure if I were making this game, I would make the same choice. But I do think there is value in denying the player base that option because there is that emotional cost, that that little bit of energy that will always be in the back of your mind that when you die again and again and again, you should just flip the switch. Save yourself the trouble. Flip the switch. And I think that that would be a problem for the types of games that they're making. This article goes on to say, to some... Difficulty is fundamental to the From Software experience. And this next part is important. The stories these games tell often carry themes that revolve around decay or the loss of humanity. Failure allows you to both grasp the story and directly engage with it, completing the circuit. This this all makes for a compelling case that Sekiro must be difficult because difficulty is the point. And again, I want to give Kotaku credit here. This is exactly right in terms of those that are arguing that easy mode should be denied the game. This is a compelling argument that says this isn't just some military shooter or some other game that is just being hard to be mean. This is a game and a game series and clearly a director that has a philosophy that says we want players to interact with the concept of failure, the concept of dying, the concept of losing, not only because it gives achievement when you win, but to actually delve into what it means to lose again and again and again. Small spoilers here for Sekiro, but when you die in Sekiro enough times, you wind up collecting this item called Dragon Rot that essentially just says somewhere somebody in the world is now sick because you died so much. And yes, it has a small effect on gameplay, but it's primarily designed to sit there in your inventory and make you feel guilty and make you feel like you're a failure. And it was only because you lacked skill that you failed to help these people, and now they're sick, and now they're dying, and now they're cursed because you failed. And I'm not sure I love that message. Frankly, I'm not sure Sekiro is my type of game. I've played it so far, and we'll get to the end of this video, and I'll tell you uh, exactly what I feel about Sekiro, but it's well within their rights from a creator's standpoint to say, we want you to die, we want you to die a lot, We want to tell this message. We have these systems. We have this design that goes along with you failing, with you dying. You get these items. You reflect on them. You reflect on your position in the world and what it means for you to fail. And if that failure doesn't exist, if you psychologically decide to flip that switch, turn that lever down where you're just dominating the game and you're not failing, you're not getting the message, you're not getting the point, you're not getting the story, you're not getting the narrative we wanted to give you. I think that's compelling. I think that's a compelling stance to have if you are the creators of Sekiro and that's what you want to deliver. A lot of this is speculative. A lot of this is putting words in the mouths of From Software and from the people that make Sekiro but I think it is a compelling case to be made. And I think when you say easy mode has never ruined a video game, I think when you take these compelling cases and you imagine a world in which easy mode is available to you, you can see that players could ruin the games for themselves. Also runs the risk, by the way, of uh, 
reviewers ruining the game for themselves. And I'm not just speaking of video game journalists. A lot of this gets into some of the ugly, ugly politics on the internet about whether game journalists adequately represent the industry. None of this is what I want to discuss in the video. But just like players that would have the impulse to select easy mode, to get through it, to see it, to see what the game's about, certainly people that have to review things on a deadline, because it is so important to get those reviews done as quickly as possible, as close to the release of the game as possible, certainly those folks would have just as much of an impetus to hit that switch, maybe from the very start of the game, uh, as a normal player would. And I do think that there's a notion, if you're from software, and you know that if this is a lot easier, it could feel shorter. There could, there could be, it could look like there are less assets in the game. People would be less engaged. They could enjoy the game less. I think that is a worthwhile thing to be concerned about, just from a business and marketing standpoint, to say, if we allow this option, people that we want to play at this level are going to play instead at this easier level, and they're not going to have as much fun. They're not going to have as fun or an engaging experience. We know this. We know it starts tough, but as you learn it, as you get a feel for it, it works for us. We feel like we made a great game. And on easy mode, it doesn't feel that way. I think you can, if you're the creator, try that mode out, come to the conclusion it's not as fun. It's not going to review as well. If we include that mode, it's going to be bad, and our reviews are going to go down, which means our money is going to go down, and people are going to feel less uh, good about the game that we put out there. I think that's fair. I think that's a fair standpoint. And I'm going to go over uh, at least one game's reviews just to kind of highlight that issue to talk about that because I do think when you say easy mode has never ruined a game, you are kind of skipping what an easy mode is because an easy mode is a balance mode. It's a, it's a mode that says we're going to set the enemies to a certain level. We're going to set your power to a certain level so that you can progress in a certain way. And I think while the existence of an easy mode with the properly balanced normal mode I don't disagree, probably has never ruined a game. I do think the concept of balancing things to be too easy, balancing things solely for accessibility so that the maximum number of players could, if they wanted to, progress to the end, can remove challenge at the top end, can make the game unfun to play. And the example I wanted to give for this uh, was uh, Nino Kuni 2, the Kotaku review, which you actually see here is reviewed by Jason Schreier uh, in March of last year. And in this review, he doesn't uh, love it that much. He likes certain aspects of the story. But one of the things that jumped out at me is what he said here. He said, Nino Kuni 2 is far too easy. It desperately needs difficulty settings. The quests involve lots of mundane fetching, and the story is so sweet, it borders on saccharin. So let's focus on that first part. Nino Kuni 2 is far too easy. Now, this isn't a notion of an easy mode. This is essentially the maximum difficulty you could set for it when it released. And they actually added a more difficult setting after release, but the, the, the most maximum setting that you could set it for when it came out was absolutely mind-numbingly easy. I enjoyed Nino Kuni 1, I played Nino Kuni 2, uh, but you could not drill challenge out of this game unless you basically tried not to level up and you didn't use any of your weapons and equipment, and when that happens, whatever they designed into the action system, whatever fun loops they had, whatever fun synergies they had, goes away entirely to hitting the X button and defeating everybody with one or two swipes. Uh, they set the game too easy. And that's not an easy mode. Uh, so I'm not trying to hide the ball here. I'm not trying to play a magic trick. I understand that's not an easy mode. But I think it's also important to understand what an easy mode is. When they were making this game, they were deciding on how to balance it. They were looking at various ways to balance the difficulty of the game, whether that's in hit points or power or other ways. And they came out with what they released in Nino Kuni 2. And I would argue that very likely what 
the reason they balanced Nino Kuni 2 as they did was to make it maximally accessible, that the most possible people could play this game the way it was released because nobody was going to get stymied by the battles. Literally nobody. If you played Nino Kuni 2 when it released on its hardest difficulty mode, I can't imagine that you would have been stopped by virtually any battle, including giant bosses. And they did this for that accessibility. They wanted to have it be accessible, presumably by younger children uh, and for folks that didn't play games very often. But what it wound up doing was making the game less fun to play for really almost everyone. I would be surprised if even younger children or uh, people that didn't regularly play games were terribly engaged by the actual gameplay. You could be engaged by the story. You could enjoy the cutscenes and the graphics and the colors and things like that. But the actual gameplay of the game was not engaging. And you see that particular complaint uh, throughout the, the Metacritic reviews for the game. I've got the, the main Metacritic scores up here, uh, and it did get some good scores. So I don't mean to claim that it ruined it. I don't think that this is a, a silver bullet to say, here's the place where easy mode ruined the game. But it did, easy balance did hurt the game. You see here a review that says its weak point is how extremely easy the game is. You see another review that says, Nino Kuni 2 is a little too easy. You see another review that says, we wished to be able to choose the difficulty because the game was way too easy. Uh, even though the new features and strategic elements feel undercut by its easy difficulty, etc., etc., etc. So when we talk about difficulty in games, when we talk about having an easy mode, I think it's important to recognize that games can be less engaging when they are too easy. Uh, and combining that with the fact that human beings are what they are, and again, I can only speak for myself on this, but I think a lot of other people have this same kind of feeling. If you've got that option towards an easier path, if you've got that option towards a path of least resistance, something that can get you over this hurdle, this hump, this obstacle faster, you're going to at least think about using it. And if you're thinking about it, if it's an option in the back of your head, it's something that isn't engaging with the game fully. And that's even if you don't ever hit the button. I'll tell you, if I were playing Sekiro and I got to one of these bosses, I'm currently facing a flaming bull. Uh, and I haven't been able to beat it yet. I haven't really thought about it that much, but I haven't been able to beat it yet. I would be thinking, hey, maybe I should just turn the button here to get to the next thing. Uh, and that would defeat the purpose uh, of what we see here in this paragraph that adequately, uh, accurately describes what From Software is trying to accomplish by talking about failure and talking about death, uh, etc. So there are ways to get around that. You could have the game say after a certain amount of deaths, you get the option to make it easy. You see that in some of the Super Mario games on the Nintendo, where if you die a couple times after you try on a level, you get some kind of superpower uh, or superpowered character that gets you through the level. That could be a possibility for something like this. But I don't know whether it solves the problem for those that are really arguing hard for an easy mode in terms of accessibility, especially for differently abled folks that want to play the game and can't. Um, because I don't know that you actually answer that question if you force them to die six times on a boss or something along those lines. Uh, but it is something to consider. Uh, and I think it's important, though, to have the conversation uh, in a nuanced way. It's not as simple as easy mode has never ruined a game. I don't think Sekiro can be ruined. I think it's a good game. I think it's a good design. I think it has some pleasant art and some good ideas. So I don't think it would ever be a zero with an easy mode. But I do think the experience could be hurt. And I think that's a worthwhile conversation. Going forward with their article, they talk about uh, Halo having a heroic difficulty that changed things and says it was the way developers intended the game to be played. We talked about that earlier. I think that's a useful metric. I personally am always going to want the game that the developers intended to deliver. And then they add their main headline, adding an easy mode has never ruined a game. 
Some of the people arguing for an easy mode in Sekiro aren't just doing it because they refuse to unlearn or adjust their normal play habits. As frequent Kotaku contributor GB Doc Burford has written, players who suffer from chronic pain or significant physical disability can find the skill threshold in From Games wholly insurmountable. They go on to describe that. They also say an easy mode can also offer an entirely different but equally desirable experience. To some, it could go be the secret to making a game like Wolfenstein, the new Colossus, go from hardcore old-school shooter that turns them off to ridiculously apt terror belly simulator that brings them along for the ride. And of course, of course, Wolfenstein has difficulty settings, so you can make those selections, you can make those choices. Uh, and it says a concession on difficulty can lead you to discovering all sorts of things you might not otherwise appreciate in a game. I think that's fair. I think there are reasons to advocate for difficulty settings in video games. I think that's why... Most games have difficulty settings. The real question for me is, should all games have to have difficulty settings? And I think that's a far tougher question. I certainly think nobody should be forced to add difficulty settings to their game. And I think uh, it's fair for From Software to say we don't want to add an easy mode if that's the position they ultimately wind up taking. But I also think it's fair for people to criticize them for that choice. They want to experience the game, and they can't. And that's unfair, and that's lame, and that's no fun. And I think they can say, from software, I would like to experience your game, and you're not allowing me to. I think all of this is fair. What I don't think is fair is the notion that everything needs to have an easy mode. And I do think there is a risk that the actual message, the actual philosophy, the actual feel for the game can be lost. There's no question that Wolfenstein, the New Colossus, or any of the other first-person shooters feels fundamentally different when the other side can't hurt you, when you don't have to worry about peeking around a corner. And I think you can make things too hard where it's not fun, and there's a sweet spot for every player. But it's fundamentally a different game if you can't be hurt. If you've got an invincibility mode on, it's a different game. And arguably, it's not even presenting the same kind of concepts or notions of level design or weapon interaction or uh, whatever it is that the game is trying to accomplish if you have those settings on. And I think it is unfair to really claim that video games aren't an interactive medium and that they aren't something that fundamentally changes when you change difficulty, like some of the other things that are coming up here at the end of this article. Uh, going on, they get to the end of this article and they talk about From Software. They said they are, as From Software director Hidetaka Miyazaki said, about letting players experience a sense of accomplishment through overcoming difficulties. That's what they talked about at the top of the article. And they admit that would this mean that some players, an easy mode, that some players might miss whatever point the game is trying to make. Sure. Movies with closed captioning for the hearing impaired are making a concession, tacitly acknowledging that a fundamental part of the experience will not be appreciated. It's also possible as an able-bodied neurotypical human being to completely miss the point of a film and believe yourself to be right. Games, like just about every other art form, don't always explain their creator's intent. Not all of it. That's for us to sort out, and there's nothing wrong with letting more of us try. I think that's unfair. I think this article does a good job of presenting both sides, and I want to give them credit for that. But I don't think they actually ever arrive at the notion that an easy mode doesn't fundamentally change the experience. I think the movie concept is a little bit disingenuous, because I think when we're talking about easy mode, we're not talking about accessibility features like uh, closed captioning. We're not talking about those kinds of things. We're talking about changing the language of the film. Films are passive entertainment, and video games are not. They're, immos they're immersive entertainment. And so when we talk about a film that's difficult to understand. Uh, if we think about uh, the ending of 2001, A Space Odyssey, or let's even say the ending of something more modern. Let's talk about the last couple scenes of Inception. 
that a lot of people got irritated by because it's so ambiguous. The actual plot being a nested doll of ambiguities. Uh, what if that were de-delinearized, made more clear, made very clear what was happening, whether Leonardo DiCaprio was awake or asleep, and exactly what the plot of the movie was in real time so that everybody understood it. Certainly the message would be more understandable. Certainly that. But would it be the same message? Would it be as good a movie? Would it be as good a film? I'd argue that the absolute answer is no. That's what we're talking about here. When we're talking about adding an easy mode to video games, we're talking about changing the message. And part of the message is the medium. Um, you know, one of the things that I saw in reading through my social media was different people talking about different things that should or shouldn't have an easy mode. And one of the things that popped out to me is the notion of, you know, what does an easy mode look like in other media? And the obvious one from reading, if you're familiar with it from your English lit classes or otherwise, is James Joyce's Ulysses. Uh, and so I pulled up an excerpt here because uh, Ulysses continues to baffle me. I'm not going to admit uh, or I'm not going to claim that I understand half of what is said in these things. Uh, but it is to a lot of people, to a lot of folks that actually focus on English literature, one of the pinnacles uh, of the English language and really uh, one of the best novels of all time. But it's almost absolutely impenetrable for someone that isn't playing at that high level of English literature. So I thought I'd read a couple lines from it to you from an excerpt that's online, and I'll link it in the description. Uh, and then I wanted to pull up some of the uh, searches I did for essentially why is Ulysses so hard and kind of the same way that you might look at the arguments that are around Sekiro. So let's take a look at Ulysses if you're not familiar with it. Here's a, just a brief excerpt. He came out into clearer air and turned back towards Grafton Street. Eat or be eaten. Kill, kill. Suppose that communal kitchen years to come, perhaps, all trotting down with porringers and tommy cans to be filled. Devour contents in the street. John Howard Parnell, example, the provost of Trinity. Every mother's son don't talk of your provosts and provost of Trinity women, and children, cabmen, priests, parsons, field marshals, archbishops. From Aylesbury Road, Clyde Road, artisans' dwellings, North Dublin Union, Lord Mayor in his gingerbread coach, old queen in a bath chair. My plate's empty. After you with our incorporated drinking cup, like Sir Philip Crampton's fountain. Rub off the microbes with your handkerchief. Next chap rubs on a new batch with his. Father O'Flynn would make hairs of them all. Have, raw, have rows all the same. All for number one. Children fighting for the scrapings of the pot. Want a soup it as big as the Phoenix Park. Harpooning flitches and hindquarters out of it. Hate people all round you. City Arms Hotel. Table de Hoyt, she called it. Soup joint and sweet. Never know whose thoughts you're chewing. Then who'd wash up all the plates and forks. Might be all feeding on tabloids that time. Teeth getting worse and worse. It's fun to read. I have no idea what it means. I'm going to be frank. And I think there are some people that do. And I think you can get Cliff's Notes and you can get really detailed treatises about what a paragraph like that means or what the entire chapter in James Joyce's Ulysses means. And is it possible that whatever message he intended to convey by that paragraph, by his book, by every character in it, could be more easily explained, more easily conveyed, communicated to people through simpler language? Absolutely. He could say very clearly what it is that he intended to portray. But the medium is the message. Whatever it is that is trying to be achieved through this novel, it exists in the way it is formed, in the difficulty that folks have interpreting it, in the layers of ambiguity that live in between sentences and frameworks and literary references and what have you. And that's the point. It's a fundamentally different experience if the language of this book changes. 
and difficulty settings in video games are that language of experiencing the game. It's the same as the words on a page in a book. It's the same as the actual plotting and visuals of the movie, not the closed captioning. That's separate. And I think one of the things that's happening online is a combination of the notions of true accessibility, of being able to have that closed captioning or have the menu items be read to you, which I think absolutely are great improvements to video games and actually fundamentally changing the language of the experience, which is not. That's different. Sekiro with an easy mode is a different game, and maybe everybody should get that game. I'm not taking a position on that, but I think there are adequate reasons to think that they shouldn't because From Software doesn't want that to be the message of their game, and I think that's an important point to take away. Let's take a look at that search that I commented on, uh, which I believe I searched for, why is Ulysses so hard to read? And again, my objective here was trying to find the same kind of discussions that might be happening around Sekiro right now. And I was uh, very much uh, got what I was looking for here. We've got articles called, why is Ulysses considered hard to read? How to read Ulysses, 12 steps, WikiHow. Is James Joyce's Ulysses the hardest novel to finish? And then the next round, which you might remember or, or have experienced with regards to Sekiro, why you should try to read Ulysses. You should give it a try even if you think it's too hard. How to make Joyce's Ulysses easier to read and understand. Again, tips. We've got your tips. We've got your YouTube channel of uh, uh, strategies and uh, hints on how to get through James Joyce's Ulysses. And then people who've read Ulysses, was it really worth it? These all sound like reset era forum posts to me. This is like the discussions that we have in the video game landscape. Was it worth it? Sekiro seems really hard. Was it actually fun when you got to the end? And then we get to the other folks, the people that are just clearly too good and they want you to get good. Notoriously difficult to read Ulysses, actually quite simple to read. I hate reading Ulysses. I read James Joyce's Ulysses in a week, or I read James Joyce's Ulysses in a week, and recommendations on how to read Ulysses. So it's the exact same kinds of conversations. And the question there is, you know, should it be easier? It's obviously a work of art from all of these people who seem to know what they're talking about with respect to these things. I trust them. I don't know English literature like these people do. Uh, and I think it's fair. Hey, they say it's great. That's awesome. I can't interpret it. It will never be something that I can get that value from. And I like learning, I like reading, I like reading the great works of, of literature. And yeah, I think it's kind of a shame that that's gonna be something that's gonna be di very difficult for me to grapple with and is almost impenetrable to a lot of folks that don't understand all the references that are made therein. But I think if it changed, if it was fundamentally altered, it wouldn't be that great novel. It would be something different. It would be a pamphlet that you get at the mall. And if that is the case, if that is a thesis that is correct, then I think the same kind of concepts apply to Sekiro. And so I do think, other than what Kotaku says, the opposite of that, in fact, there is a possibility that the additions of an easy mode, the change of a difficulty, the language of the video games that you're experiencing, that you're playing, could alter that experience to such an extent that at least for you, and this would be different for every person, at least for you, it could be quote-unquote ruined. It could be lessened to such an extent that the message is never conveyed, that you never have the fun that was intended, that you never engage with the design that was intended, that you never get exactly what the creators wanted you to get out of it. And Kotaku's right to say, a lot of people don't get what the creators want out of something. That's absolutely true. But it doesn't mean that the creators shouldn't get the chance to, to convey what they want to convey, that they shouldn't get the right to try. And I think when you talk about ruining a video game, I think part of the marketing, part of the business model of From Software right now 
is delivering these kinds of hardest games you'll ever play to get that word of mouth that spread. Oh man, Sekiro is so much harder than Bloodborne, man. You got to try it because it's so hard. I got past the mid boss and you'll never do it. And that's part of what they're trying to market. And if that is part of the value of their game, if that is what they're trying to sell, if you reduce that, if you eliminate that, then you reduce the value of what they put together and their, and their company marketing plan on the whole. Now, you can argue that that marketing plan is stupid. You can argue that that marketing plan is silly and it gatekeeps and it keeps people who would otherwise engage with the game out of it. I don't have any problem with you saying that. But I do have a problem with folks that completely eliminate the counter argument, that put together all of those things that Kotaku put together that say, hey, philosophically, they're talking about failure. They're talking about death. They've said they want it to be hard, that you misunderstand the game if you ask for it to be easy. And they're not allowed. An easy mode has never ruined a game. It should be added because everybody should get the chance to try. Uh, and so I think there's two sides of the coin. I come out with basically defending the creator's ability to put together what they want out of that. But I also defend the ability for people to complain about it. I think that's absolutely within their rights. Uh, and I thank you for listening to me talk about it because I think it is a uh, interesting issue, if not uh, a particularly uh important one to the video game industry uh, because I do think from software games are unique in this position. I do think that these games are a very specific type of games that are designed to appeal to folks that consider themselves to be hardcore gamers. Uh, and uh, that part of the marketing mystique of these games does live in that hard mode. Uh, and from a business perspective, I would anticipate that if from software changed their mind, decided that they wanted to have an easy mode, that they were responding to this internet outcry for having an easy mode to experience the game that they've built, one of the things they might wind up doing is putting it in later, uh, a good chunk later after its release, to essentially give folks the ability to say, yes, I beat it, I got that sense of accomplishment, and I've moved on, and then in six months' time, or in nine months' time, or in 12 months' time, they put in an easy mode, they put in some kind of mechanic or dynamic in the video game that acts like an easy mode. If you die enough times, you get some kind of item that makes you triply strong for a short period of time or for the next boss, etc. And they give people what they want in terms of the fundamental ability to access the game that they've created. Uh, but I would be surprised if they just fundamentally changed their philosophy and added a difficulty setting to the game uh, because they do feel so strongly about what they have balanced and what they have put together in the game being what they designed and what they intended people to experience. Uh, and they don't seem to care that much about whether or not that doesn't let certain people experience it who would otherwise want to. In any event, that is Virtual Legality. That is the 100th video on the Hoglaw YouTube channel. Thank you so much for watching or for listening if you're listening to this on a podcast. If you like this video, please do like. Please subscribe to the channel. I talk about video games and information technology and law and business and pop culture and movies and everything else in between all the time. I love it if you share these around, if you think anybody would be interested in a video like this or a podcast like this or you review it on whatever service you're watching it on or listening to it on. I very much thank you for checking it out. Uh, and please do leave a comment if you agree with me, if you disagree with me. Disagreement's often fun. And I do uh, like to read those and engage with the folks that disagree with my opinions. God knows I'm not right about everything. And I love to have those conversations and even arguments on YouTube or otherwise. Uh, please do that. Uh, and again, thank you so much for checking it out. I will catch you on the very next Virtual Legality. <laughs>